2: Don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at ausbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the call. Hello, welcome to the call for this Thursday afternoon. Great to have your company as we uh, analyze 10 stocks that you've suggested and we put it to our expert panel what an expert panel we have lined up for this Thursday as well. Carl Capolingua from Thick Markets in Perth. Carl, good afternoon to you.
1: Good afternoon, Koshi. Good to see you. Haven't seen you for a little while. It's yeah. so great to have you back and great to be back on.
2: Yeah, how are you coping with earnings season? There's a flaming, uh, ti- it's... There's a flaming <laughs> tidal wave today.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I generally... Uh, yeah, I, I, I view earnings season as something to, uh, to fret about and uh, it's, it's, it's an absolute massive few weeks for us over here and um, I'll be glad to see the back of it again. Yeah, have, have you got a sense of this season? How would you describe it? Yeah, look, I, I think pretty good uh, overall, um, you know, sort of a B plus report cards. Uh, I think it's been marked mm. by, uh, you know, stocks that have sort of run up ahead of, their announcement, that have done pretty well and then have sort of fallen back because maybe they didn't hit the, the stratospheric heights that some, um, some analysts were expecting. But overall, uh, I think the performance has been pretty good. There's a couple of little misses here and there, but, you know, it's good to see Australian companies bouncing back from the impacts of the pandemic.
2: Very yeah, encouraging. Ab- absolutely. And, of course, your partner in crime on... The panel today, James Rosenberg from Baileys. James, good to see you. David, good to see you. How's your view of the of reporting season so far?
0: I'd agree with Carl. You know, I think it's been generally pretty good, but a lot of it was priced in. If we, you know, We've got footy season coming up, or okay. AFL for those of you who are into that sort of thing. Um, at any time during the game, you can look at the scoreboard and see what's happening. Yep. With companies, you only get two, sort of three times a year with AGMs. So it's a really important time for investors to take stock of what companies have done and where management say uh, things are happening in the future. Obviously with COVID, it's been a little bit difficult for some companies to give guidance, yep. but it's a fantastic time for, for investors. It's a busy time. There's a lot to read and digest, yep. but um, yep. yeah, it, unlike the footy, you only get a couple of times a yep. year to, uh, to take stock and,
2: and great opportunity. And, and the, this is where it shows whether you can walk the talk.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. That, there's a the lot of companies don't lie. that's exactly right. Promise, 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 and never deliver. Hello, yeah. Boral. Yeah, yeah. um, and uh, and and you know, there's others like Macquarie who are um, very measured in their in their um, guidance, yep. maybe even conservative, um, and tend to have a history of beating their guidance. There's a number of companies like that, Credit Corp and CSL, yep. um, and yeah. others that, uh, that that get exposed.
2: Okay. All right. Before we uh, take a look at your ten stocks you've suggested, I choose a stock of the day, and of course, as James was implying it is CSL uh, out this morning with stellar figures. First half net profit up 45% to just shy of two billion dollars, with sales revenue driving the rise. Sales revenue also surging, with an interim right. dividend of a dollar four U.S. cents a share on the outlook CSL tipping full year net profit higher but worn plasma collections have been adversely impacted by the pandemic um, a lot of people don't plasma is blood collections and they do a lot of that in the united states where you actually you don't give blood for free only you actually get paid for giving the blood and csl's a uh, a big buyer of that um uh, carl what do you think of uh, csl's result share prices bounced a bit but Still under that $300 mark.
1: Yeah, I think the the share price today kind of re- reflects the um, when you really read into the result, of what's what's actually going on. So, uh, look on the headline, it looks uh, in very impressive: 45% uh, surge in net profit, um, revenues up 16.9%. But it was mainly on the back of their uh, flu vaccines. So. Obviously, given what's going on, there's a significantly higher demand to get that flu vaccine in advance, obviously, of the, um, the COVID vaccine coming out. And, you know, you can still, uh, you know, even with movement uh, restrictions and lockdowns, you, you are able to still go to the doctor and get those vaccines. So that was um, the big bump up there. And that more than offset the um, their decline, continuing decline in the blood plasma business. Uh, and it, it, that uh, flu vaccines very seasonal as you would expect so um, once we uh, we're in northern hemisphere winter at, at this time so once we uh, get get through into spring and, and in summer that's obviously going to back out so they've actually said that that you know that that's going to significantly back out and then you're just left with this uh, problem with um, blood, blood plasma collections which you know no doubt will um, be alleviated by the uh, vaccine and people being able to move again so you know that's going to get back to normal but it's just a matter of how long that's going to take and uh, you know, everybody's got to got a guess on that, but it's nothing more than a guess. So my, my guess, and that's what it is, is that it's going to take a little bit longer, probably, than the market's expecting for that to occur. And uh, and therefore, I think you want to just be remain a little bit cautious to CSL at the moment. The, the, you know, I'm all about finding the, the right stock at the right price at the right time. And and CSL is a fantastic stock, and it has delivered great earnings growth and a great return on equity over a very long period of time. But looking at what's going on now, I just can't see that growth coming through. Um, so I'm not sure if it's the right stock right now in terms of its its, its valuation. It, it's extremely high. So you're looking at a you know one year forward P a, in the mid 40s, and it's not going to have the growth to justify that at the time being. So I don't think it's a great price. And in terms of the timing, that's where I, that's where I look to the chart. That um, you, know, you can see that the short term trend, medium term trend, is very tight <coughs> right now. Sure, the long term trend is very good. Um, but I just think the market wants to see things getting, you know, signs that things are going to get back to normal, just not just from one offs like um, Secura, the, um, the, 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 the cold vaccine, uh, flu vaccine, I should say, uh, that, that we're really getting back to normal. It's a long way away from, from representing good value for me. And in fact, if you look at um, the companies that, that actually uh, have earnings and have earnings growth, uh, there are 92% of companies in the all lords uh, that, that are better value than CSL right now. So look mm. on that basis, on the basis of the current trend, which is very flat, um, I'm not a buyer here, no. Okay,
0: James? I yeah, it's a fantastic company. It's been a fantastic company for the long term and I've got great confidence it'll continue to be a fantastic company for the long term. Long term earnings growth, return on equity, probably about the lowest it's been for a while, but still in excess of 30%. That is brilliant. Yep. It's not a bargain. I don't think it's wildly expensive. I totally get Carl's point that there are cheaper companies in the market. Uh, but I think it's a fair price. If you bought it today with a view that you're going to have it for the better part of forever, I don't think you'd lose a minute's sleep. I, it is a brilliant, brilliant business. The blood plasma thing's a little bit sad for them because generally when there's an economic downturn in America, um, blood plasma collections go up mm. because as you mentioned earlier, people get paid for it. And It's a bit sad that you, at that point in your life that you need to get paid to donate your blood, but, yeah. um, but you know, it is what it is. Um, and of course, with the uh, with the pandemic, collections have come down a lot. But look, the the continual development of different suite of, uh, of of drugs and vaccines that this company's produced over time is a brilliant, brilliant business. Yeah, not a bargain, but I'd be happy to buy it for the long term.
2: Okay, sort of one of those foundation stocks that yeah. Yep. Um... yep. You know Warren Buffett always deliver.
0: says that, that it, when you buy a business, you're buying a part of a business, not just a little ticket in the, in the casino. And yep. you buy it with the view that if they closed the market for 10 years, would you be happy to own that business? Yeah. Absolutely. with CSL. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, let's get on to uh, the 10 stocks
2: you've suggested we take a look at. And uh, James, first up, uh, Tobias wants a view on Auckland International Airport, the... Uh, Obviously, the gateway to New Zealand, international gateway, their uh, biggest airline hub, uh, differentiates itself from, say, Sydney Airport because it owns the land around Auckland Airport. So it's a bit of a property play, isn't it? As, as well as an airport?
0: Well, that's what I was going to say. It's basically a little brother to Sydney Airport in a little South Pacific backwater um, hello who to, happens to play rugby hello to your kiwi viewers <laughs> yeah, yeah. um all, and um but, all, but, as, as all of our kiwi viewers switch off i think yeah yeah <laughs> uh oh they're not switching off they're just no. sharpening their studs on yeah, their yeah. Footy legs. <laughs> um they um look it's an infrastructure business um not a particularly great one the um it's fine, you know. It's fine, as no. you say. The big differential with uh, Sydney Airport is they've got that land bank, yeah, and um, and that could be really good for them over the long term. Uh, it's just nothing in it that I'm not negative on it. There's just no. nothing in it that I find exciting.
2: So Auckland Airport v Sydney Airport, do you have a preference? If I had or, to have or one, are I they think both I'd, in that
0: they're both broadly in that in that sort of thing. Look, um, yeah, they're okay. They're good quality monopoly infrastructure assets. I mean, Sydney's got Badgerys Creek decades away. Um, I think I'd probably prefer to own Sydney uh, because of longer term growth in Australia is greater than in New Zealand. Um, They're both good quality assets, but they're just a right. bit dull. Obviously, they're very, very difficult at the moment with international travel collapsing. Yep. That'll turn. That'll turn. I don't know when, um, but when it does, these companies will be highly leveraged to um, a turning to, to that re- resum- resumption of demand. Yep. But there's other companies I'd prefer to own if that's okay. what I want to play.
2: All right. Uh, Carl, Auckland International yeah look
1: it's been uh they kind of got ahead of themselves late last year as you know obviously new zealand got the COVID situation in hand we were looking like we had it in hand uh, post the the vic lockdowns there was uh, a little bit of a trouble travel, travel bubble that just kind of just started and then we had those um sydney um sydney events uh, in december and then in obviously where i am over here in perth and brisbane and, and now in melbourne so it's really dampened, uh, not just sentiment, but, but just the, the, the expectations of when things are going to get, get back to normal for not just um, Auckland Interna- International, but, you know, the other, the other travel companies and, and travel infrastructure like, like um, Sydney Airport. So, yeah, look, it's disappointing. And, and you know, I, I don't like to see uh, any business uh, do, do poorly because there, there are real people involved in those businesses and employees and, and livelihoods at stake. So, it's, you know, it's, it's frustrating, disappointing, and I feel some of their frustration. Look, we did like it back in October and we had a buy on it on the basis that things were going to get better. Uh, since then, the trend has turned down um, because things were things were improving, particularly on on their um, their d- domestic front. So they were they were slowly trying to uh, make up the loss on international, which is massive, order of magnitude 97% with uh, wow. domestic travel, which was which was coming back. Um, and yeah, look, it, it, it's it's unfortunately it's just one of those. It's going to take a little bit longer in the oven than we would have hoped um, if, if if I if I didn't have it. No, I can't be a buyer here. There's just too too much uncertainty and unknowns around it at this stage i don't think it's the right stock at the right price uh, let me kill that yeah. one sorry yeah. uh, and the charts telling us that as well it's uh, you know that, that that new uptrend that we were looking at in october it's turned back into a downtrend and for that reason we just have to sit on the sidelines until it starts to yeah. get better again there will be a time for these but just not right now
2: is that your view on all of the travel stocks yeah, look, I, I think we're there for a little bit longer.
1: Uh, again, that, that uh, we've probably got ahead of ourselves, not just as analysts, but we I mean, again, yeah. we're, we're you know, as human beings, we're optimists. Uh, and the reality, unfortunately, as we've seen over the last few days, is that. Uh, and I, I was in Sydney actually for the <laughs> last one, Coshi and we saw that uh, you know I had to do 14 days back in Perth yeah. over Christmas watching watching my kids open presents from uh, you know across across the room. So um, for for us as a business as Think Markets, you know we were very early uh, to get back in and, and start getting back on the road. But as a business now, we we don't want to be. Uh, just take yeah. that risk so you know we're just one business out of many <laughs> who I'm sure are, are, are thinking like that as well and I, and I know mums and dads and, and just my own family um that, that that you know interstate travel that we were thinking of doing now you just can't just couldn't be bothered taking the risk unfortunately I
2: know. Uh, and it, and it's sad but it's a sign of the times yeah no certainty at all is there all right Tobias uh, thank you for suggesting Auckland International Airport and now Carl Ben wants a view on beach energy the uh, the big oil and gas exploration and Production company, uh, onshore, offshore, uh, from fire-producing basins across Australia and New Zealand. Their most recent report, um, profits down 53%. Um, what, have you, what do you think of Beach? Yeah, I mean, the headline, uh, those numbers don't sound fantastic,
1: but you've got to remember what happened to oil prices uh, in, for, for most of 2020. So that's kind of a uh, yeah. uh, just a throwback to what's going on there. And, yeah. and oil prices largely have recovered. So those, those, those numbers are going to look spe- probably spectacular on, on the next FY in, in comparison. Uh, and the bottom line is they're kind of um, out or above where they were. You know, if you put aside the annus of 2020, they're probably back to uh, just ahead of where they were in FY19. So you, I think that's the way you have to have to look at these oil companies at the moment is, is just kind of forget 2020 and look forward and see where, they, where they're going. And, you know, assuming that we are on top of this pandemic, assuming that travel is going to get back to normal some stage, uh, they're going to be a buy. And that's kind of... Um, Prefacing my, my opinion on this one, they are going to be a buy. I'm just not sure if that's right now. Um, looking at the chart, we can see that there is a bit of a recovery going on here, but just in the shorter term, um, we're, 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 we're just starting to pull back a little bit. and and, and the momentum is building to the downside. So yes, again, it's like travel. Uh, We're kind of repeating myself here. They got ahead of themselves late last year. A little bit of the reality setting in. I think they will build a basic pattern around here and I'll be looking for energy. I think energy is gonna do well in 2021. It's just a matter of finding that point. And I don't think uh, I'll be able to give you that point right now. So look, it's a watch and wait. It's a good company
2: operationally, um, but I just don't think the timing's right. Okay, and uh, James, $114 million in cash. $290 $290 million in undrawn loan facilities. So it's got a good balance sheet.
0: Yeah, it does. Um, the flip side of that is they've got a history of raising, uh, t- tapping shareholders for more equity, which I don't like. Yeah. Um, and that's the problem in this industry, of course. Um, earnings growth has been pretty strong over the long term, but very, very volatile, as you'd expect with a company that's highly leveraged to uh, oil and gas prices. I don't mind it. I, but I don't like the sector so right. would I invest in it no if I had to if I had to buy something in the sector yeah th- th- this one's all right they've um, th- they've uh, as you say they've got no debt which is which is a right. really good starting um, yep. point but they just don't don't have the stability of earnings that gives me confidence in buying right. any sort of company so it's not a sector I really like right so you're it's, avoiding oil. Mm-hmm altogether at the moment pretty much right yep
2: yep uh, david if
1: i could if i could add yeah look i think um the, the big ones in the space um santos woodside that they're, they're places i'd go before beach you know I agree. Beach should be it's uh, it's 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 the, it's, it's the next right. the, the next rung down um it's not yeah. for
0: the faint-hearted is it cal <laughs> uh
1: no no because yeah i mean they're, they're not as diversified as, as the two i've just mentioned they're, they're trying to get there um but but yeah it's 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 they don't have their, their tendrils out far enough to. Uh, when, when you have these shocks to be able to bounce back as fast as um, maybe some of those bigger ones.
2: Okay. All right. Good advice then. Um, uh, ben, appreciate that on Beach. Now um, uh, James Jacob wants a view on IGO, the nickel copper and cobalt uh, mining uh, company um, in Australia and, and overseas as well.
0: And look again, it's a company that's had quite strong profit growth recently, but incredibly variable. Yep. And that makes it very, very hard to predict. If I had to be in this space, I would want to be with the majors. Um, they um, haven't raised money for a few years, but they have had a bit of a history of raising uh, raising money um, in more equity. It does seem to be a bit more settled, a lot more settled after some board upheaval uh, a yeah. little while ago, and that's positive for them. But it's just not... a an industry that I'm drawn to and, and with the volatility in, in earnings, even though the earnings growth has been quite strong. If I had to be there, I'd prefer to be in the majors.
2: Right. Okay. Carl?
1: Yeah, look, yeah, look I get it. What James is saying, it is a volatile one. And that's kind of the nature of the beast, isn't it? When you're looking at uh, minerals companies, producers that you know, they've you've got all these problems with potential problems with production. Um, you know, a, a conveyor belt that stops working, a, a hurricane that comes through, and then you've got to deal with the vagaries of, of the price for your commodity. So um, you, you, you you have to go into these investments, whether it be something that's a cash cow like Fortescue Metals, um, or something that's sort of the second tier uh, in the second tier group like IGO, you know, understanding what you're getting. But I do think there's a place in your portfolio for these sorts of things, because with the risks uh, come those, those potentially, um, you know, above average returns yeah. and if we if we get into and, and I, I might um, you know poke, poke the, the beehive here, but if we get into this commodity super cycle that everybody's talking about and you know I'm, I'm neither here nor there on whether it's going to occur but I do think um, commodity prices will be remain elevated. Um, but this one is a good one um, to have and, and, and you know, obviously it's a nickel producer it's got copper um, but their, their recent investment um, in, in, in lithium, Uh, through green bushes, I think adds another dimension to the business. So, uh, yeah, look, I I think you could do a lot worse than IGO in in getting um, exposure. This is all about um, uh, electric vehicle battery uh, Um, growth. And and that's and that's really the the future for this one. So the past is is probably a little bit boring. The future is a little bit more exciting. I'll cut a long story short and say, look, I could buy it here, uh, but it's a bit more of a speculative one. And you have to understand uh, that there are heightened risks involved in that. So I'm happy to buy
2: it. What's the chart? Tell you because it's well, it just come off a five-year high, hasn't it?
1: Yeah. So well, well, okay. So so the chart was starting to pick up before that acquisition. They got that um, that uh, asset very very cheaply because the the owner, Tianqi, uh, uh, it's a Chinese company, is in is in a great deal of financial trouble. Um, so they, they got it quite cheaply. They did um, raise some money to, to pay that down. Um, assuming they can bed that down, uh, I, I think I think yeah, it, it it provides another angle to the stock. And it was in a pretty good position anyway, so um, that's that's really your upside from here. And in terms of the chart, obviously the chart's um, you know bottom left, top right, uh, which is a good start. It is pulling back now, and I think that pullback gives you the the ability to get in at a better price than mm. when you know the market was going crazy over that
0: acquisition. So yep. yeah, I'm happy okay. to buy around
1: those levels.
2: All right.
0: The only thing I would add, if I may briefly, yep. is that some of the things that Carl was talking about, those variables, um, completely out of management's control. Right. That's yep. the nature of this. Industry and when you're more yep. diversified, you can smooth that out across a larger uh, suite of assets. But but you know that significantly increases earnings risk and therefore share price risk.
2: Yep. Yep. Fair enough. Keep it in perspective, Jacob. Thank you for that. Um, now, Carl, Cam wants to view on on Wagner's the uh, construction materials provider, um, fairly innovative producer with its composite fibre technology and earth-friendly concrete materials. Um, Cam says, wondering why they dropped in price a couple of years ago and if they can get back and grow with governments investing in infrastructure, can they capitalise on that?
1: Yeah, look, I can't speak for the price drop a couple of years ago. I wasn't following the company that uh, that closely, but obviously it it had a tough time during COVID. Uh, Like many, many um, companies exposed to, you know, economic activity, did. And, and that's kind of the problem for these guys at the moment is um, obviously we, 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 there's this huge infrastructure boom that everybody's talking mm. about, much like this commodity super cycle that's supposed to coincide with it. Um, but we, we, that actually needs to happen. Uh, and then it needs to flow into earnings, et cetera, et cetera. And look, I, I, I'm optimistic about this one. I actually actually think it looks pretty good. We have um, had a buyout on this for a little while um, for, for that, that play. So I do think you want to have mm. some exposure to that infrastructure play. I, I do think they have some really, as you say, innovative products. It's not your average sort of, um, uh, you know, just just send cement trucks um, out to the building right. site sort of company. They've got some technology there, uh, and and anything that's earth friendly is, <laughs> is probably uh, better than your your, your average, uh, you know version. So, now look, I, 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 I'm optimistic about it. I, I think um, now is the time that you probably get involved in it. It's, ha- it's had a great run in anticipation of this um, this, this uh, infrastructure uh, boom. It's had a bit of a pullback, and that's when I like to get get uh, get okay. them. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, uh, earnings. Um, look, 2020 wasn't a fantastic year, but they are, they are going to be back to pre uh, pre COVID levels certainly in 2021 or just just ahead. And then the growth that was there pre COVID. Um, I think is is sustainable, um,
2: you know, post-COVID. Okay. Uh, James?
0: Cam, the reason the company had a series of, uh, it had a very weak share price performance a couple of years ago was they had a series of profit downgrades and completely shredded the forecast they had in the prospectus. This is pre-COVID. Question is, can they get back? I don't see why they can't. They've only been listed for a few years, but they've been around for a hell of a lot longer. Um, you know they've got a good reputation in their industry. I think they can. Would I buy it? Well, I wouldn't buy it. Right. But um, but you know why? If, oh, I, because I like to have a stability of earnings. As we're talking about with a few other companies, and there's yeah. absolutely none of that in this in this business. Right. Um, so it's not for me. But um, you know I think they've got a pretty good position in um, in Queensland, and um, you know quite innovative as well as. Traditional, you know, ready mix and concrete and uh, reinforced steel and all that sort of stuff, which is always going to be used in the infrastructure that Cam talks about. Yep. Um, so, can they? Yeah, they will. Would I buy it? No. Okay.
2: All right. There you go, Cam. Appreciate that. Um, and Mick James wants a view on EML payments, uh, um, a payment solutions, provider technology, and that sort of gift cards, reward cards, incentive type uh, card area, 3,500 programs across 26 countries. It um, was the star of the market yesterday after a, um, a terrific um, half yearly results. Um, increase 54% increase in gross debit volume to $10.2 billion, 61% jump in revenue. and. Take share price up about 12, 13% yesterday, yeah, James. absolutely that? fantastic.
0: Huge. Look, this is a company that's been listed for quite a long time, yeah. but really it's only been profitable for the last four or five years or so. And that profit growth since they've got the um, revenue traction has absolutely ballooned. Um, they're very, very good at what they do. It's yep. a really, really good little company. Concerns I have are twofold. Return on equity is pretty skinny. Right, um, and the, it's expensive. Yeah. Um, so I quite like the business. Don't like return on equity. Um, right. um, the growth looks to be. Um, I think you'd be reasonably confident that uh, revenue and earnings growth continued, continuing, but just too expensive.
2: Right. Okay. All right. Basically, based on price, if it was a, a pullback, it's one of the stocks you look at, or
0: I think there are better companies. Right. For, for me, there are better companies.
2: OK,
1: yep. uh, Carl, EML. Yeah, look, they shot the lights out with that uh, half yearly results. And, yep. you know, any any time a company does well, despite of, despite COVID, I think you need to sit up and, and, and take some attention. Uh, Or take notice of it because when we get back to normal, you would expect that that there's potential acceleration in in, in those earnings. And but then again, there's there's always you know there's companies, and we'll talk about some of them today that have um, only done well because of COVID. And I don't think that that's this one. I think. Um, there, there, there is there is some uh, there's a COVID bump from uh, some of their, their gaming exposure. So they do um, so if you're in with any of the big uh, gaming companies and you have your sort of your customer card where you can get paid your um, your winnings uh, and you can go go spend those winnings. So that was up massive, uh, salary packaging was up massive. I wouldn't say that was necessarily to do with COVID, and not to COVID. So there's, there's there, well, I didn't see a whole lot in it that was um, specific to COVID. And then there was quite a bit of negative impact because there's fewer people going to malls and they do those um, sort of gift cards and um, customer loyalty cards. So that you would expect that part of the business to to normalise. So I think that will go back to growth. And the other part of the business, um, you know, maybe gaming might come off a little bit, but otherwise um, it should should, should still be very strong. So I think they've been also very conservative um, with their guidance going forward. Um, Yes, uh, as James said, it's, it's not the cheapest stock out there, but the, uh, you're paying for the growth. So the idea is that if you've got a stock that uh, has a PE of uh, 50, and this one, uh, actually I'm looking at my notes here, is actually about 50. But if it's growing its earnings, you know, at 50, 60% per annum, which is what this one's doing, then that PE the year after, if they execute, and that's your risk, of course, uh, your PE comes down into the 30s. And then if if they can do that two years in a row, it's more like 20. So yeah, look, again, we, we, it's all about risk reward. Uh, this is not like your, your CSL where you know it's set and forget and you don't have to worry about it. I agree with James on that one uh, but the, the you, you probably your share your share uh, your, your capital gains in CSL is, is probably not going to be fantastic over the next year or two. Uh, so it, it, again if you want those capital gains you have to invest in businesses that are growing this one's growing. Uh, we put a buy on it on it at four dollars. Uh, I'm a holder here I don't think I'm a buyer up at these levels I think All you right. do want to buy the pull, pullbacks. Uh, but yeah, if you got in on that recommendation, I would definitely hang on to it. If you're looking to buy, um, I'll give you a price, David. Uh, yeah. I think anywhere around that sort of 464,
2: 450 level. If you get it down there, it's uh, it's looking very, very good right. indeed. Okay. All right. Good guidance there. Let's um, recap the first five stocks plus our stock of the day, CSL. Um, Yes, from, from James. If you want a company just to put in the bottom drawer that continues to perform, you don't even need to think about it for years. Uh, a no from Carl. Auckland International Airport, a no from both. Um, Beach, um, expensive at the moment. Maybe a, in Carl's view, a future buy. Um, a no from James, but they both agree the bigger oil companies like Santos and Woodside would be, would be their preference in that sector. IGO a no from James, a speculative buy from uh, Carl. Uh, Wagner's a yes from James and um, yes from Carl, a no from James. And EML um, a no from uh, James. Carl's got a hold would turn into a buy if it pulled back to around that four dollar fifty mark. All right, uh, here on the call we have our own fantasy portfolio. We've been tracking since the 1st of July, thanks to our partner NAB Trade. Any stocks that come up here on the call and both our experts agree they're a buy, goes into the portfolio. If they come up again and our panel doesn't agree, uh, then they go out of the portfolio. That's what investing's about. Let's see how the portfolio's been going over the last week. It's up a quarter of a percent for the month, two percent since the first, uh, 1st of July, 26 and a half percent. Now, some of the stocks our panel has uh, uh, added in the last week or two Family Zone, um, Cyber Safety, uh, Shriro, ALE Property Group, City Chic, Raise, and Northern Star. Some of the stocks that to come out uh, of the portfolio South 32, Enviro Suite, MFF Capital Investments. If you want to see all the stocks in the calls portfolio, head to ozbiz.co forward slash portfolio. And joining us later in the afternoon, just after the call, um, Seven Group Holdings Chief Executive Ryan Stokes uh, joins the team as he discusses the, uh, the most recent results. So uh, uh, Ryan coming up very shortly. Uh, so a lot happening this afternoon on Ausbiz. All right, let's get into uh, the next five stocks you've asked us to have a look at. And uh, Carl Glenn wants a view on Globe. This is the um, sort of apparel, footwear, skateboard, um, board sports, street fashion uh, group companies. Um, probably not the sort of stuff that we would wear, but uh, certainly has built a, um, a great brand in, in the younger market under the Globes, Salty Crew, Impala Skate Brands.
1: I'm sure you get her out in your skate gear, <laughs> don't you, David?
2: From time to time, no. Grandkids do. Got a mate? <laughs> yeah, I'm
1: sure they do. They probably do. I mean, they've got a bunch of brands that you and I probably have never heard of, but they are yep. they are very popular and um, they continue to, to do well with the younger generation. Um, obviously, again, it's, it's it's a bit of a theme, and when, whenever you come on, whenever I come on the call, we I end up saying. Many times, well, COVID uh, obviously caused, you know, it was a, it was a big impact. Um, you know, people couldn't go to stores, they couldn't spend. Uh, the company pivoted. Uh, you know, we've got, uh, they pivoted to online sales. I've certainly seen the uh, the ads. Actually, I have noticed the ads. I pointed them out to, to my wife uh, not too long ago. Hey, you know, that's Globe and that's what they do. And, and it's all about their online store. And it was a skateboarder. That's right. The skateboarder. Was delivering the package, so he was skating and and and, and <laughs> hopping and jumping and doing all this wonderful stuff, and then delivered this uh, this, this new pair of shoes to this this pretty young girl, uh, with all sorts of things in her hair, and she she loved the shoes, and that's, you know that that's how agile uh, these companies can be, and a you know, massive massive bounce back in in profits, uh, through the back half of 2020. The question is whether and and like many of these retail companies, uh, whether that's going to continue as um, sort of sales patterns get back to normal. Um, Putting all of those things aside, it, it it has had a pretty good run for me. It's not uh, a company that outside of COVID uh, has a great track record of um, continuous uh, growth in earnings. So it's been a little bit lumpy in that regard. Uh, and with, I guess, where the, the price is at the moment, um, I'd be a little bit sceptical as to whether uh, it's not at the top of a trading range. Uh, uh, I'd rather be trying to pick this one at the bottom of a trading range.
2: Okay. So if you've... If you've been a Globe shareholder and seen the price run up, you'd be taking some profits? Uh, No, look, I'm happy to hold it at this at this stage. We have to we have
1: to answer the question of of, of what's going to happen post-COVID. And and I'd be silly to make guesses on that because I don't think anybody actually knows. Um, You know, look, there's there's plenty of money in in consumers hands right now. um, and And there's no reason why that money can't continue to be spent on on their products.
0: James, what do you think of Glide? Yeah, look, it's not one that's really on my radar. It's very innovative uh, with their own products, which they develop and design, um, possibly manufacture. They've also got third-party brands. As Carl was saying, the stock's been on absolute tear. It just looks crazy expensive for me. Um, I don't know enough about it. I certainly don't know enough about the drivers of the people who buy their products, um, but... you you can't fault what they've done. It just looks expensive. Okay, all
2: right. Thank you for that, Glenn. In fact, um, Globe has been in the Calls portfolio. Um, So we've ridden (laughs) that rise up and that's sort of what what we're trying to to say to people with this, the Calls fantasy portfolio, if you like. There's time to buy them, there's a time to get out and bank your profits. So uh, Globe now comes out of the Calls portfolio after a, a terrific run-up. Um, next stock, uh, Jane, wants to view James on uh, Adairs, the homewares and home furnishings group across uh, Australia and New Zealand, both online and retail stores. Recently, over the last week or so, fantastic, 174% increase in uh, profit, fully franked interim dividend of 13 cents a share. They didn't pay a, a dividend uh, in the previous six months. Um, and they've got $22 million in cash compared with six months earlier, they were a million dollars in debt. So this has had a huge turnaround, hasn't it? It has.
0: David, this company is every married man's nightmare. Um, The idea (laughs) of my wife saying, I want to take you to a Dares shop on the weekend. I think I... Yeah, I'd have anything from a um, dislocated earlobe to full on a bowler to um, to get out of it. But more um, more cushions. But for the exactly. Oh, gee, that's fun. It's like stubbing your toe. You know, yeah. that's great. I'd like to do that again. Um, but they have absolutely been in the in the front end of uh, people working from home, um, having money that they might have allocated to hospital to uh, holidays or whatever, and spending money on homewares. It is on doing fantastically well they couldn't give guidance last time because there was you know unknowns around economies reopening but they've been hugely building their on, online channel as well as uh, in store it's done really well despite the run I still think there's uh, there's some value in the company <coughs> um, just okay. don't take me into one of their stores
2: okay so <laughs> <laughs> well, i buy for you <laughs> yep all right Carl what do you think of Adair's?
0: Uh, yeah, no, we are a, a linen lovers
1: uh, family over here, <laughs> and, uh, and that's, that's their loyalty club, uh, nearly a million uh, people in that club. Um, wow. So, yeah, look, there's always um, various things popping up around the house, I must admit that I say, well, did you really need another one of those, and the answer always comes back, yes. Um, so who can argue with that logic? And um, you know, look, it's 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 a great business uh, before COVID. So everybody talks about. I've mentioned this a few times today. Okay, did COVID give it a bump? Is that bump sustainable? Did COVID damage the business? Is is the business going to come back? So this thing was was tracking along beautifully before COVID. Um, just this, this great long-term track record of, of growing um, growing profits over the last ten years. Um, the, the, that speaks to management uh, management's ability uh to to execute and look it's it's not it's not expensive we've talked about other stocks where um, they've got great growth but the PE is high and you have to say well you know the pe will come down and then i've said in the same breath but there's execution risk involved um, so this one's not expensive you're looking at, at paying about 11 to 12 times earnings um, it, it's growing it's got a peg of 0.4 so that's it's PE divided by its growth rate. Right. Anything less than one is fantastic. This is a 0. 0.4. So it's spectacular. Um, I'll give you some other stats on just how good this thing is. Uh, that PE growth rate is is better than, um, or it puts in the top 20%. Uh, it's PE is in the top 13% of companies that have a PE. Um, I, I've got this, it, it's better than, it, it's it's in the top 5% of all companies that that have earnings and have growth. So overall, yeah. if you look at all of their, their, their okay. growth metrics.
2: So you're so I'm, happy, me- I'm happy with it. You're telling me, despite a five-year high share price, a massive increase in revenue, it's still only on a PE of 11.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. How does, that, how does that compare to yeah. other
2: retailers like, your, oh, I don't See. know, your, your Temple and Webster's, your, um, yeah, JB, JB Hi-Fi is probably not comparison, but Nick Scarley, those sorts of groups?
1: It's comparable to Nick Scarly. It's better than um, Temple and Webster's. Temple and is right, okay. significantly higher, but then the growth rate's higher as well. Um, right. JB Hi-Fi, it's a little bit better than that. But again, yeah. uh, so, so the reason why they trade it at lower P's, a bit like uh, banks do often, is that um, yeah. there's, there's risk in retail. There's, there's risk yeah. in, you know, their the cyclical business as well. But um, look, I think we're, we're probably more, we're closer to a cyclical upturn in the economy yeah. than a downturn. I think that's pretty yeah. safe to say, and it's not expensive. The growth should continue. The chart looks fantastic. It's bottom left, top right. Uh, we've had a buy mm-hmm. out on it since July, and
2: we're, we're definitely holders here. I'd, yeah. I'd still be happy to buy. Okay. So, <laughs> if you've had, had it since July, are happy? I'll just
0: add a um, couple of things. One is that um, Carl mentioned management executing well. The yeah. company's return on equity is 27%, which is exceptionally good. Yeah. Um, that's the positive. The question that I would have is um, they're going to be very difficult uh, to cycle the same uh, comparative returns. And if we get a return to normality and people uh, adjusting their spending, you know, it's going to be harder for them to keep recreating that growth. But as things yep. stand at the moment, it's good value.
2: Okay. All right. There you go. Good uh, thumbs up there, uh, Jane. So um, do I give shareholder discounts if you go in the store? That'd be attractive, you, you
1: and not share, no not shareholder discounts no you, right. you, know, you have to you be uh, the in a, the linen lovers club
0: okay. Carl, Carl might sneak in you know some linen and cushions <laughs> from, from Adairs um, I, my issue is sneaking in uh, camera you know a new lens or a new tripod or right. whatever and that's a hell of a lot more expensive <laughs> yeah exactly right some of it's easier to hide right. from the misses. yeah yeah,
2: yeah. can't I, complain um, all right Rob wants a view uh, Carl on uh, Um it's in the sort of chemistry, chemistry, process control of solid liquid um, separation. Basically, it's in, in water management, isn't it? In that oil, gas and yeah. construction mining business. Uh, Rob, um, who's asked for the suggestion, says revenues up 300%, gross profit of 23%, now showing a profit with, uh, with no debt. And they've got um, this Highland Fluid Technology, apparently, which uh, is starting to get some sales.
1: Yeah, it used to be in-tech, and I looked at it a couple of times as, as in-tech, in-tech, I should say, and I, I never got much further than just sort of a, a broad overview of its financials because they didn't look fantastic. But uh, this last half, has, it, it's, it's, they've exploded. Um, so it's caught me a little bit by surprise. I haven't had enough time to really um, work through that half-year report uh to to understand what's going on so i'm gonna have to you know uh, put this one on notice and 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 almost get but maybe you can give me rob's email i can get back to him after yeah, i've yeah. done some, some some more in-depth analysis on it but yeah look i mean it, it they've really gone from zero to hero uh so what does that mean going forward well, I, I can't say yet it wasn't um it wasn't cheap it was quite expensive before and there was very little growth and and, and all of that's uh, changed so What's caused it to change? I'll have to get back to you on this. That one, the chart, however, it's, it's really weird because the, the that half year report looks amazing, but there's been no response at all in the share price mm. um, over the last few days. So either the markets like me, they had completely written it off before this and just haven't bothered to look at it. And they may start to look at it and then start to buy it or there's, there's something I haven't, I haven't picked up yet. So it's, it's a, a, I'm going to have to abstain on this yeah, one yeah. for now, and I'm happy, sure. happy to get Rob's email and get back to
0: him. Excellent. Well, we will pass that on. Uh, James? Yeah, look, I'd broadly abstain too. I don't know much about the business. I've tried to read up on it for Rob and for you. Um, it should be an area of huge growth, yeah. and that wastewater management really should yeah. be. Um, They seem to be getting a bit of traction. I'd be very careful about talking about gross profit and not net profit, though. They're two very different things. Um, But it's good to see that they're getting some traction on revenue, which hasn't been the case for a long, long time. Um, They've raised capital every year. Five years ago, four years ago, they had 30 million shares. It's now 140 million. It's just not a company that would be on my radar or would likely to be on my radar. So... Not for me, Rob. If you um, yep. if you think you know something about it, then yep. you know. Good luck to you, but it's not for me.
2: Yeah, and we'll get Carl to follow it up because you know the last result. They've now got seven million in cash. Um, there's a, um, a surge in uh, revenue coming out of the U.S. Um, as well. So it's it's an interesting business, and that's why we love the call because um, Rob. Lots of viewers like you bring up these these uh, businesses that have got off everyone's radar, and we like doing a bit more work on it. So uh, we'll get Carl to get back to you on that, and um, Carl, get back to our, get back to me, um, copy me in on the email, and so I can bring viewers up to date as well on Side And appreciate the work we'll that you're going to put into it. Um, our next doc, uh, Dean, wants a view, James, on next DC the. Uh, the massive data centre business um, here in Australia that is growing like Topsy and data centres seem to be the the flavour of the year, don't they? Yeah,
0: they do. And again, it should be an area of significant growth. We're all being pushed into the cloud and the cloud's basically someone else's computer. Well, it's their computer. That's what they do. They've got these huge data centres in all the major capitals in Australia. Um, it, It should be an area of absolute tremendous growth. But you look at their revenue growth over the last six years; it's been it's averaged nine percent. And nine percent's all right. Wow. It's a hell of a lot better than GDP. But when yeah. you think of this incredible push to the cloud, uh, I, I just don't get it. I, I don't. Well get that it. surprises they're, me they're, because
2: there's there's so much chatter about it on the markets. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a bit of a darling. Mm-hmm. Only nine percent revenue growth.
0: They're not profitable. Yeah. Right. Um, they can. I, they, I
2: they, they need big commitment to to actually build these data yeah. centres, don't they? So Absolutely. they're putting a Huge lot of money back into expand. the business. Yep. Yep. Yep.
0: And, and I get that. And for a really high-growth company um, that continues to invest in their business for growth, uh, you know, you can accept that, like an yeah. Amazon um, sort of thing. But when your revenue growth's 9%, I, I don't know what I'm missing. It might be my failing. Right. I'm hoping Carl can yeah. uh, add, add a little bit to it. But yeah, I just... I don't get it. It's yeah. not for me,
2: uh, Carl.
0: Um, yeah, look, I, I'm trying
1: to catch that nine percent. I, may look, I think it's a little bit more than that. But um, in the order, of, it might, as in double, as in not a thousand times more. But um, anyway, look, split the, split the difference. Uh, it, it's not uh, one of those, you know, tech companies that are that are growing at fifty, you know, hundred percent per annum. But it, but that's because it's more of an infrastructure play than, say um, I don't know this this brand new app or whatever it is uh, that that's come out. Um, so so it's, 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 look at it, it's more of an infrastructure stock rather than a than a than one of those high high flying tech stocks. Um, yeah, James is right. It's not making money yet, but we would expect that to to, to start to happen around FY22 and FY23. And the reason look it's it's, it's EBITDA. Um, uh, so it's it's gross it's got gross profit and uh, EBITDA is positive as far as I can tell, just quickly got my notes here. Uh, but the reason, as James says, is it's, it's had some massive um, capital expenditures over the mm. over the last few years because it's, it, they've been literally building and expanding these data centres. But much of that work is done now. So um, a lot mm. of that you know, they will continue to, to obviously spend money on expansion, but much of that will back out and it'll start to float through to the bottom line. Uh, the companies, so it's about getting you know, the right company. I think it's the right company. It's in a great space um and, and you know it, it is the, the go-to uh, certainly within this country for what they do it's not particularly cheap and whilst and, and without that fantastic growth uh it, it's kind of hard to justify whether it's the right uh, the right, you know where it's good value uh, the chart looks pretty good though so the market is kind of looking past all of these things and looking to the future you know many years down the track um uh, look, uh, we, we have had a buyout on it i'd be happy to hold it at this stage um, if you don't have it, uh, I think it's it's in a you know it's in a bit of a consolidation phase. I'd like to see some upward momentum uh, coming in to tell us that, yep. that, that that next phase of enthusiasm is beginning. So I could probably buy it say through thirteen, but in the meantime it's just a hold for me at this stage.
2: Okay, all right. Uh, and our final stock, Carl, um, is um, Mike wants a view on Challenger, the uh, the big funds management group. Um, Mainly, sort of, at its core is that those annuity retirement products, isn't it? Um, that has its niche yep, in yeah. it.
1: Correct. Yeah, and, and um, different different demographic to uh, Globe customers yep.
2: slightly. <laughs> we've, uh, yeah,
1: we've we've all we've seen the Globe ad with the the young kid on the on the skateboard. Uh, that the the people in that, the Challenger ads are just the their, their grandparents. Yep, that, that's right. So, so, so ages uh, to <laughs> A little bit, yeah. Well, maybe there are some grandparents skateboarding out there. But I'm not, not sure how many. Uh, but then, uh, look, Challenger do offer life insurance, so if you are a skateboarding grandparent, that's uh, that's a benefit potentially as well.
2: Uh, but
1: uh, putting all, all the all the, all the jokes aside, it's one of those old-fashioned, uh, boring businesses uh, that you know have been around for forever. Um, little you could you could say that there's been a bit of a, a structural decline over the more very very recent past. Um, as you know, uh, there are a lot of um, fintech startups, disruptors coming into the space. Yeah. But this company uh, retains its position, I believe, as as you know the, the go-to for um, retirees looking for capital stable investments. And if you look at their last half yearly results, that's really where their growth has returned. Uh, and when we have market volatility, then you get uh, increased demand for those capital stable. Investment, so the ability to to protect that nest egg um, until eventually the day you you depart the um, the giant uh, skateboard. So look, I, I think I think um, I think putting all of the, um, the the you know the 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 disruptors and and, and eating away at that funds management business. Um, I still think there's a solid underlying business here. I don't think it's particularly expensive at this stage, and there is still some growth in there. Um, so I'd be happy to, um, to to buy it around current levels on the basis that it fills that um, that that part of that portfolio that's a little bit old and boring, but you know it should should uh, you know should at least pay you a steady dividend yield and and at least uh, not have any sort of major headaches in terms of um, capital losses and the okay. like.
2: Okay, all right, James.
0: Again, it's a business that the demographic should be really positive for them. They've got an, ageing de- um, we've got an ageing population in Australia. There should be increasing demand for these types of financial products. It just hasn't delivered. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's put the last year aside. The last year was very difficult. So let's forget that. But in the five years preceding the COVID year, earnings went from $0.60 cents to $0.45. Cents. Right. It, yeah. um, it should be good. Um, I'm not really negative on it, but I just think there are so many better companies that you could have um, in the in the sector as well as the the market. So, yep. yeah, yeah, I'd
2: well, for me. Yeah, Morgan's put out a note on it after after the result, which saw a fall in profits, which everyone was expecting, but uh, Morgan said didn't even meet their their guidance at, at that stage or yep. their expectations. I just think it's so.
0: been a a very underwhelming company
2: right okay all right let's uh re um just restate the last five stocks and and check uh the view from the guys adairs um a yes a good solid yes from both carl and james that adairs now goes into the uh the calls portfolio a no from uh for globe after a big run up very expensive it now comes out of the calls portfolio um CyDev, Uh, A no from James. Carl's going to do a a bit more work on it because it uh, is looking quite interesting at the moment. We'll get back to our viewer directly and also inform us here so we can uh, keep you up to date as well. Uh, Next DC, a no from James, a hold from Carl and Challenger, a yes from Carl and a no from James. Carl Kapalinga from uh, Think Markets. Appreciate your time. Always great to catch up, mate.
1: Yep, thanks, David. You too. Bye-bye, James. Uh, okay. Jung
2: Rosenberg from Bayviews. Good to see you. Back see on you. the motorbike. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's great. James comes in. He looks mild-mannered, broker in his pinstripe suit. <coughs> Excuse me. Then gets dressed in his leathers on the way out. So uh, it's always fascinating.
0: My wife is very well-educated. She's very bright. She's got a strong <coughs> command of the English language, but she struggles to find the words to express her enthusiasm for my bike.
2: <laughs> I can imagine. All right, Which mate, is one see. of the benefits. Yeah, yeah. Safe riding. All right, uh, that's it for our show today. If you've got any stocks you want us to uh, run the microscope over, email them to the call at or tweet us at osbiztv using that handle. Uh, just a reminder, all the stocks in the Calls portfolio, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. And if you're looking for your next investment, tune into the Startup Daily Show. Uh, every day, the team brings you a whole bunch of companies seeking capital, latest from the startup tech scale-up community and venture capital. Today they're joined by the founders of a new buy now pay later marketplace, uh, Scott Roworth and Nadine Tucky as they launch Gimme. That's coming up on the Startup Daily Show between 2 and 3 p.m. Eastern. So uh, also Ryan Stokes from Seven Group Holdings coming up very shortly. With analysis of their latest results. So, a lot happening on ausbiz this afternoon. You do not want to miss a minute of it. They'll be back after the break.